Hello and welcome to Don't Feed the Geeks, presented by the Long Island Comic Guys, the masters of the geeky verse. Welcome back, Geek Freaks. I am TC, joined today by JJ. By oh, the power of Grayskull. Hey, you can't take that. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> I'm, you told me to loosen up and try something. I that, that, that was good, but you can't steal Your my stuff. Your <laughs> And Toy Story. To infinity and beyond. There you go. He, he's he's <laughs> not liking it. He's workshopping I'm that. Not. But All right, guys. We have a really cool episode for you today. Um, we have Vincent Zerzolo of Metropolis Collectibles. Big interview. Um, we're really excited. We had a lot of fun. We learned a lot. I mean, the guy is kind of an encyclopedia of comic book you know, history and knowledge. Um, you know, we finish off our episode today with um, kind of a recap of our um, remedy tour that we did with Kyle's Comics 01 uh, on Instagram. He, I mean, a lot of you probably know who he is. He's Kyle uh, from Kyle's Comics. And uh, we just kind of recapped all that craziness that went down. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun, but exhausting at the same time. Uh, but first, we're going to kick it off with um, something a little bit different, not exactly the geek beat, but uh, a friend of ours, Steve Minor Keys. Uh, we've kind of teamed up with him to do something called Instagram Free Comic Week. And, um, you know, we're going to hook up with him now. So that's the next thing you're going to hear, guys. All right, guys, today's something a little different. Instead of the geek beat, we have our good friend, new friend, Steve from Minor Key Comics, talking about a new exciting thing that us and a couple other, uh, you know, new people in the industry, or not new people, but, uh, you know, up-and-comers in the industry are getting involved with, um, a Instagram free comic book week. And uh, Steve, we, uh, we thank you for joining us today. Welcome to Don't Feed the Geeks. Gentlemen, thanks for having me on, man. I've been listening to your show now I've, ever since uh, you guys started linking up with uh, at Khan and Ali, and, and he got me hooked on the show, and I've been listening to it since, and I'm honored to be on. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, man, awesome. Of course. Thank you. I love this little well, Instagram community that. that we're all forming, you know? That's my favorite part. That's <laughs> absolutely in love with that, and I think that's the whole reason that IG Free Comic, Day, uh, Free Comic Week even sprouted. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's been fun. I mean, we've become friends with people, you know, in the middle of the country, in all different states, you know, across, you know, across the country. It's It's been pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, literally across the country. A lot yeah. of those people that I would never had any contact with before. And, and it's unfortunate that all their sales happen at like 9 p.m. for me over here. But <laughs> that's why I'm yeah. excited somebody from the East Coast finally does live sales. I, I know. It was uh, even with that, we were, for four we hours till two in the morning. So Yeah, we'd stay up until the end, of course. Yeah. Always yeah. on the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you tell um, folks about uh, what Free Comic Week's about and how they can get involved? So it came about... Um, when I realized that we were missing uh, free comic book day. Yeah. And I, I believe it was May 3rd or the, it's always like right around star Wars. Yeah. Day. And I, I, it hit me cause I saw somebody post about it and I'm like, man, that's unfortunate. And it's not that I really go out for the freebies, but all the stores always have these sales that go around with them, do 50% offs and everything. And that was just a day that was good for the community that brought people to the stores and you know, we all know in this in this industry that the health of the LCS, the local comic store, is the health of the entire community. And if, as long as we can keep local comic book stores 
busy and happy and profitable, then we always have a safe place to go and a place to hang out, a place to meet people, like-minded people, and just a place to hang. And it was really sad when it, it, it hit me. You know what I mean? That the quarantine, of course, hits you on certain levels and, and hits you in waves. And this one hit me pretty hard. So I was talking to uh, Bill from Bucky's Books and the friend of, of you guys and a friend of the community. And, and I said, hey, why don't we do an Instagram version? And we just started brainstorming and said, well, wait a minute, we've, we've built this network of really awesome, trusted Instagram people, and let's all get together and give back to the community. And that's what it did. I got, I contacted you. I contacted uh, three or four other people on the, on the, on the East Coast, three or four people on the West Coast and said, hey, let's just give comic books away. Let's have an Instagram comic book week. And that's what we're doing. And I'm really glad you guys are on board. You guys were really excited about it. And almost everybody that, I mean, everybody that I've contacted has been just like overwhelmingly excited about doing this. And it's, you can feel that, that there's a thank you uh, for the community that we feel like we need to do. And, and this is it. And bring us all together. And I'm really excited about it. And uh, we're launching June 1st. And it's June 1st through June 7th. And it's a week long because we want to give everybody the chance to jump on there, see what it's about, follow that page. And that page will be, and it's not live yet, but that page will be at IG Free Comic Week. So that's the the, the page you want to follow. Uh, and we're going to have to limit to, to about three or 400 people, which might go quickly. But uh, we're going to have videos up there from all the contributors and saying thank you. And, and uh, that's it. You just log in, you follow, you follow the rest of the group. And uh, you get a free comic book in the mail. That's it. It's exactly it sounds like the dogs want the comics already. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny. Ali, the same thing happens to Ali sometimes. Blue yeah. goes nuts. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. That's oh, fine. All right. No worries. No, but it really is amazing how the communities kind of come together during all this, you know, to support all these dealers who are having a hard time. Yeah, it's it's been incredible. The um, the The community is really kind of you know, bonded together and not, you know, not just people from, you know, the remedy sales that we've met, but people, you know, you, you, you make friends with other buyers, you know, it's just, yeah. it, it's, it's a huge thing. You know, you have 150 to 200 people at a time in these things. And, you know, it's, um, I think it's a nice thing to do to kind of show people who are supporting, you know, all these, you know, people who essentially aren't open right now. And they're kind of like, this is really a godsend for a lot of shops that um, they're able to do this. And it's, I think it's really nice that everyone's going to, you know, go out there and, and show that, you know, a little bit of a thank you to all those people who have supported um, everyone during this time. You know, and I've also heard a lot of the dealers that uh, are doing these internet sales and, and IG sales are, uh, they're really like having a good time with it and they're keeping the, the roof over their head. And Dude, they're fun. <laughs> yeah, it, that's it. And it's fun. And it's funny when I first did the remedy tour one, I had more people reach out to people that didn't buy a thing from me. Yeah. People reach out to me and said, yo dude, yours was great. Thanks for the entertainment for three hours. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Even if I go so on good. and don't buy anything, it's just fun to watch. And you feel like you're like, in, even though you're not with anybody, you know, when we were at Kyle's and helping him out, like we felt like everybody was there with us, I think. Yeah. Right. 
Right. Which was, which is that whole movement now. It's like alone together. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. It was, alone, it, yeah, but we don't have to be alone. Exactly. hundred percent. Yeah. You can't, you can't even, it's like, it's an energy. You can't even describe it. It's just like, it's exhilarating. Like we was like, I think we were definitely coursing with like adrenaline. The yeah, whole time. Eight hours and, went by like that. Yeah, it was <laughs> yeah absolutely. And apparently and, people could hear me. The, oh, I'm sorry, JJ. Go ahead. No, no. And the problem I was having, you know, holding the camera, trying to film this stuff and then trying to read everybody's comments at the same time. <laughs> it, just, it was so overwhelming, but it was cool to, 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 to get to interact with that. And yeah. to be like so, the center you know, it, of that, right? Yeah. 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 Even though it wasn't my show, it wasn't my shop or anything yeah. else. It was just, it was cool. Yeah. That's the best part about it though. Like you said, is the interaction. Like as you do, like you guys are going to do another one here pretty soon, I believe. Right. Yeah, I think by the time this releases, we would have done the one at uh, Best Comics. Well, the second one yeah. is much easier. I'll yeah. thank you right now. <laughs> I've had the opportunity to do two now, and the second one was much, much easier. That's awesome. People were telling me they could hear me breathing, which is very attractive, you know. <laughs> <laughs> tried to, to, to learn how to pace myself and, and keep my mouth away from the, from, the, from the microphone while I'm selling things. But like you said, the adrenaline's pumping. And I, yeah. I wasn't really going, walking around too far, but I was like out of breath just because, well, A, I'm a big guy. And B, <laughs> uh, it was just like you said, the adrenaline was going and we were just having so much fun. And next thing you know, it's three hours has gone by. So I don't know how Ali does it. He does, he sits there for nine, 10 hours and doesn't even use the restroom. So. Yeah, I know, <laughs> right? Same thing. He, he says he takes those, uh, he takes those five seconds breaks. Uh, he uses them very wisely. In, oh, in between <laughs> the uh, streams. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, nice. that was the same thing. You were, you're not going very far. I think we were in between two rooms and, you know, we had, we had a five person team to do that. And it still was like exhausting. You know, we all, you know, we had our, every single on, one we of us doing, was busy doing yeah, something you know, best to stay safe most of the time, but it was, it was crazy. Yeah. There was a mm-hmm. job for everyone the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was running the books to the table, logging them, you know, tagging who bought it, you know, describing what it was, you know, we had um, one of our other friends there, Alan, who's, you know, he's like, an expert grader pretty much, you know, something that needed double checked, you know, we, we threw it to him and it's like, yep, yeah, this is the grade. And he came back and it was just, it was like nonstop. Like I felt like I was in like a fight for like, you know, 15 <laughs> rounds kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and like you said, it's really exhausting. And as soon as you like get done with it and then you realize you have to pack all these things up and send them <laughs> like, Oh, but then as soon as you're done with that, you're like, cool. When's the next one? I know. I can only imagine. Yeah, I mean, so well, thankfully I, we weren't part of the packing team on this one. Yeah, <laughs> we weaseled our way out of that one. <laughs> but this next one there, the one that you got coming up, that you got to do. Well, no, that one's at our shop. They have a they have a good team. We're kind of uh, we're doing it as a host because they just started getting onto the Instagram side. It was like, listen, you know, mm-hmm. we'll host it. We have a decent following. You know, we'll bring people in, and then we're just going to try and channel everyone. So if you're not already doing it, everyone at home at best comics NY, make sure you're following them because they're going to be doing more stuff on their own um going yeah. forward as well just added them today so yeah awesome. oh awesome thank you yeah yeah they're a good shop you know we i we've spoke about what happened to um our owner and friend uh recently which has really been a bummer but um i think they're going to make it work you know they have a lot of you know good plans and everyone's kind of coming together so we're uh so we're pumped that's what this is all about coming together yeah. and supporting each other man yep and and that's literally what has really turned me around with this comic book industry because do, doing just just the conventions and sitting in that booth and sitting there for three days and your feet hurt because you're on that concrete yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, you're sad because you, you did all this work and you packed all these boxes up and you didn't make, you barely made enough to cover the booth. And then now we're doing this stuff and we're meeting so much more people. Uh, we're doing better in sales. And, and you don't I, even have to leave your house. <laughs> exactly. I don't even have to wear pants. Yeah. Really, cause, yeah. Cause it's from here up. I don't have to wear exactly. pants. It's perfect. <laughs> that's the thing too. These are, these are just focused on you, which is great. Like, you know, you don't have to compete with, you know, 20 other vendors in the same room. And, you know, you're going, you have people going booth to booth to booth saying, all right, like I see what this guy has it for. Let me check what the other 10 people have it for to see who has the, you know, the cheapest price and then I'll come back. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Competition is good, but at the same point, you know, you have maybe a hundred people doing the same thing. And, you know, there's, the focus of like everything being on your stuff is, is awesome. Nothing could beat that. Well, yeah. And, and it's just the opposite of competition really on Instagram. If you think yeah. about it, because you guys will have a sale, uh, you know, on, on Saturday. Yeah. And then I'll be on there and I'll grab a couple of things on your, on your mm-hmm. sale. And then, then you'll promote the fact that I'm having a sale on Tuesday and all those viewers from your sale come over yep. to my sale. Exactly. Something like that would never happen at a show. Never, no. never. Yeah. And, and this is, I mean, this is definitely the, the age of Instagram live sales and, and I hope mm-hmm. it lasts forever because I don't see a loser in, in, in the whole thing. Yeah. And, and I mean, except people, maybe until Instagram realizes they're not yeah. making money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll see what happens there. Or the and comic conventions. Like, yeah. Exactly. The people who have been really successful in this market the whole time, you know, even before that, a lot of comic shops and dealers are always the ones that, you know, embraced collaboration. You know, you know, the shops we know who work well with other people are like, hey, if you can't get something here, I have a good friend, you know, he might have it. Why don't you reach out to him? Because when you do that, it's like, oh, you know, this guy looked out for me. I'm going to look out for him. When people, you know, do this backstabbing and, you know, you know, distrust it doesn't help anybody mm-hmm. the more you're you work together the better it is for everyone it's i mean that's the way i've always looked at it i mean i know not everybody feels that way but i think you know what's good for one is good for all kind of thing it's funny that you brought that up because i'll be watching a live sale either it'll be my sale or i'll be watching somebody one of our friends sales and i know that people are asking about the certain book or, it's, or they had one and like six people claimed it and somebody that 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 we all have seen before and have mm-hmm. spent money with all of us really wanted this book. And the next time I see it for sale on any other random Instagram, yeah. like, I'm tagging that person. Yeah. You know what yep. I mean? And, and like, instead of me going out to run out and grab it really quick and try to, you know, raise the price and, and sell it to this guy who I know is, is a ready cash buyer, I see it available on some other page that's not involved and I just tag him. Yeah. And, and there you go. And you can facilitate a sale and make sure that the book gets to the right home. And that person remembers that too. They're like, Hey, you know, this guy looked out for me. He didn't try to, you know, like undercut me and take that and then like sell it to me for an inflated price later. Yeah. I, like I said, this, this IG free comic week, I think, I hope uh, a people realize that it's a thank you and us, us telling everybody, Hey, you know, we know we, you missed this in the stores. We're going to try to emulate what the stores have. And then us all coming together as one big trusted seller community and, and, uh, and it's important because you never know what, what you're getting. I mean, you're just randomly buying a, a five, $600 book from somebody you see on Instagram. And then they ask you to pay, you know, PayPal friends and family. Yeah. It's and a- like, Whoa, like, uh, I'm, I'm sending a random stranger $400 and then crossing my fingers and hope that. Yeah, book it's true. It's yeah. true. But that's the well, best part of, about all of us coming together is that if somebody did buy something for me and I didn't, you know, deliver it, it can reach out to any, any of you guys and be like, mm-hmm. Hey, 
you know, minor, I know minor keys is your friend and you helped me try to figure out what's going on here. And now you can feel safe because you know that you're buying it from minor keys or you're buying it from LA comic guys, but you can also reach out to six or seven other yeah. people. It's kind of a community, a, a trusted community now. Yeah. And that's what, that's what we're trying to build yeah. here. And I think that's a, a secondary focus of IG free comic week. hundred percent. I can't wait to see what comes out of it. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> I want to do this multiple times. I mean, I really, I hope that you guys are down for it. I, I you know, Absolutely. I know free comic day is twice a year, but there's no reason why we can't put together once a month, something like this, you know, just where we all give away a, a, a you know, a hundred dollar slab or something once yeah. a month just to say thank you. And it, it'll grow from here. I know that. Yeah. I think, I, I mean, there's a lot of potential and I think a lot of different things can happen. And, you know, with so many people, you know, there's so many different ideas that, you know, we can share with each other and kind of like pick the best ones. Absolutely. That's what I'm looking forward to the most is, 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 is picking each other's brains and sharing the experience and the knowledge with each other and, and just producing something for the community that we can be proud of. Awesome. So one more thing before we uh, let you go, you're you're also getting involved in um, in Atcon too as well, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, it's funny that that Elite Comics or Ali uh, they had their first Atcon like a month before all this went down. I know. So that was really coincidental that they got the practice one in because I really think the second version of it is going to be something special. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll be a vendor. I'll be there. I'll have my time slot. Uh, there's going to be some crazy guests that, uh, you know, haven't been announced yet. And I'm sure you guys probably know a little bit about it. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so that that's uh, very ambitious, but it sounds like it's, it's, it's happening. And, and if that takes off, some of these smaller conventions around the country might have to worry because even when we do get back into going, people might like this format. Yeah, they already like this format. Yeah, right. No, I mean, and then can you imagine that if it gets big enough, something like Atcon gets big enough to where Marvel or DC or Netflix are actually doing like movie like trailer releases on these things? That'd yeah. be amazing. I mean, that that's kind of the dream or the the ambition of it. I think at this point, mm-hmm. and I really don't see how that that's not a direction that is going in the next yeah. couple of years. So uh, signings, exciting there signings. You know, they're already going to do CGC witness signings from Neil Adams at Acon too. You know what I mean? Where you can send books in and he'll sign them right there and get it labeled. And, and I mean, the, there's talk of even doing video clips of, of him actually signing the books that you're seeing. You know, just Yeah, watching. that's cool. Which is cool because some people haven't, haven't seen that happen. Some, some people haven't seen that process of where they get handed a book and, and you get to watch an artist, you know, comment on, on it. You know, I, when I handed Neil Adams my Adventure of the Fly number four, which you may or may not know is his first professional work when mm. he was 15 years old. I handed him like my 12 copies of it when I saw him. <laughs> he, he looked at me and goes, oh, so you're the one guy that bought all these books. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, of course he's got a, a story to tell and, and, and it's awesome to just to sit there in front of it, but not everybody's going to have to get to know what Adventures of the Fly number four is and listen to that story. But if you, if you do like a half an hour, an hour signing session live, you're going to hear all the stories from all the books that he's, that he's signing, which that, if we can make that happen, if Ali can make that happen on Aircon 2, that would be something special. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, think, I think it's definitely trending that way and we're excited to see where it goes. I mean, we definitely, we're going to be a part of it too. Um, we're, we're still discussing in which way, but um, we're, you know, we're excited um, to be part of it and to be part of this new community that's kind of like, really 
built itself, you know, up from the ground, you know, from nothing. And, you know, we're here now, which is, you know, Ali's got about over 12,000, you know, we're all trending upwards as well. You know, I feel like the sky's the limit a little bit for all of us. And um, we're, we can't wait to see what's up there. <laughs> it's nice to see something good come out of this whole situation for the last few Agreed, months. 100%. No. Agreed. Too. Thanks for having me on, gentlemen. Yeah, all thank right, you for joining. We, we appreciate you uh, coming on today, Steve, and uh, telling us about, um, you know, what's going on and what people can expect. Uh, you know, you guys, you guys out there, get ready. Um, and what's the uh, what's the tag again for for when? It, I'm sure it's going to be announced a bunch of times. But sure. We'll... Uh, the the page is at IG Free Comic Week, and we'll be using the hashtag hashtag IG Free Comic Week. And my page is at Minor Keys Comics. All right, you guys heard it here. Be sure <laughs> to uh, be sure to keep uh, your eyes and ears out for more news. <laughs> Good to see you, gentlemen. You too, man. Thank you. Thanks. All right, everyone. We are very excited to introduce our guest today, someone whose incredible booth we pass by and gawk at every year in New York Comic Con. Please welcome Chief Operating Officer, co-founder, and owner of both Metropolis Collectibles and Comic Connect, Vincent Zerzolo. Hey, guys. How's it going? Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget about Metropolis Gallery. Metropolis Gallery. that's right. We'd love to hear about that. Had some amazing shows. (laughs) <laughs> well, Vinny, Vincent, we hope that you and your family are staying healthy and safe during these crazy times. We really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Yeah, thanks, guys. Everything's going all right here. Uh, you know, washing my hands all yeah. the time. <laughs> you know, using the sanitizer. Got my my N95 mask on. Gloves. Nice. Staying safe. Um, I hope you guys are well as well. Yeah, we are. You're still at the office, though. It looks like. <laughs> I am. I had to do this interview with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> would be the best place to do it. Yeah, we're going to share some of this video, I think, guys, because there's some uh, amazing art uh, we're seeing right now. So we'll share that with you. Oh, yeah, it's going to be. It's gonna be it might yeah. be a little distracting, but uh, <laughs> so here, here's. I'll just show you real quick. This is my favorite piece of my collection. It's oh the my gosh. Oh, Story Beast, Gil Kane, awesome. Bill Everett. Um, <sighs> as the only piece of art, or one of actually one of the only things I've ever bought in my life where the entire week it was up on eBay, my heart was pounding every time I thought about it. And the, the, the crazy thing about it was, with about 10 seconds left in the auction, my computer freezes up. And thankfully, my, my business partner, Stephen, was on his computer and he said, I said, Steve, my, my computer froze. He's like, you want me to put a bid? I'm like, yes, put in a bid. And sure enough, he got in like the last second and I got it. So it was really thrilling. That's yeah, awesome. it was fun. Those are the most heart-raising yeah. moments we have. <laughs> Those last yeah. few seconds on eBay. There's All right. a, a, a picture I found of, uh, I was just recently sent to me and Stan Lee when he was alive, you know, oh, about nice. five years ago at a uh, New York Comic Con. Sorry, Bro- Big cool. Apple Comic Con. Yeah. Did you oh, get to meet him a lot? I, yeah, I got to, the first time I met Stan Lee, I was at a um, San Diego Comic Con. They used to have these... Um, organized dinners to celebrate different types of uh, different parts of the history of comic books. And this year, the year was uh, for the artists of EC comics and they had a cocktail hour. And I didn't really know many people. This was early on in my adventures outside of New York city uh, for comic books. And I was standing there with a glass of champagne out of the corner of my eye. I see somebody walking towards me and, and I turn and the guy reaches out and says, Hi, I'm Stanley, and I was like, "Oh my God, that's, that's Stanley!" And why is he coming over to talk to me? And he was so nice. I got to interview him twice for um, 
promote Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man uh, 3 when um, I used to have a radio show uh, called ComicZoneRadio.com, which is still yeah. uh, archived and, and uh, free. <laughs> if anybody wants to listen to interviews with Stan Lee, Tom McFarland, Frank Miller. Yeah. Uh, I actually listened to a few of them. They're really good. <laughs> oh, thanks, thanks. Yeah. It was I, something I, we were going to bring up. To it. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm just ro I'm rolling, guys. I don't there know you go. Don't forget. Here's the, here's, the, here's the Cosmic Cube from uh, Captain America, the first <laughs> Avenger. That's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. This is, a, this is incredible. <laughs> incredible. It's like you got some officer. <laughs> yeah, and uh, here's. Um, I also like I like old old Spider-Man toys that I never could get when I was a little kid, mm -hmm. and I recently bought one. This thing, it's like so weird. It's just like a little Spider-Man little, little, little zips buggy. buggy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I like all types of stuff. Doesn't have to That's just awesome. be you know big uh, high ticket items. But here's one of my favorite covers in Oof. my collection. It's uh, McFarlane Spider-Man Spider 323. Mm -hmm. And what, what, what makes that cover really special to me, it's not just, you know, hey, I own a, a great piece of art. It's how it connected to me in my life. Um, when I first started out full time, when I was out of college, um, I had my own home office. And after I'd spend a day buying and selling comic books, I had to ship them out. So I was, I did everything, shipping department, bookkeeping, buying, selling, you name it. So I would have a stack of, a small stack of McFarlane Spider-Man sitting by on a shelf nearby where I was packing up packages. And that was one of the comic books I'd always look at while I was working. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's 30 years later, I actually own the cover. It's pretty cool. 20, 20, 20 some odd years later. That's got to be such good 80, <laughs> That's 89. Uh, it came out the year I graduated high school. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the first piece of real vintage art that I ever bought. It's a Steve Ditko, Spider-Man uh, 9. Oh, it's the first oh page God. with Electro. Oof. You can see that with Electro on it. That's amazing. And... Um, that I, 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 the thing I love about this page, it's not an action page, but just the way Ditko would use the like lighting here. I don't know if you could see on this panel, the first panel. Can you yeah. see that? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and then over here on the um, middle panel, the, the way the lights coming in. Yeah, and the, and the way the the blinds are shown here. I just think that's really impressive. He, he took a lot of care uh, in his own unique way yeah. to to show detail. He was a great storyteller. Yeah. <laughs> With definitely, his art. Yeah. definitely. Yeah, I was like to say yeah. you could you could read his panels without any scripts if you really needed to. <laughs> without mm, any words. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna walk, walk you guys into uh, the the stock room. I'm sorry if I'm just going off on tangents here. Don't worry, guys. That's all right. <laughs> so this is just a part of the Metropolis inventory and uh, stock room here, and it's. Uh, Wow. Oh my God! Floor to ceiling, <laughs> tons and tons of comic books. Jeez! And you know, you go into any box, and uh, you know, oh, here's an Avengers number one. <laughs> <laughs> here's another Avengers number one. Oh here's another Avengers number one. Right? Here's oh another Avengers number one. Jeez! These things are rare, though, folks. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's another Avengers number one. I think this is just an Avengers There's one another box, another, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Do you ever get sick of seeing the same book? <laughs> two, four, six, eight. Of an Avengers number one, no, never. <laughs> Avengers, then there's then there's a whole bunch of fours here. I don't know if you can see that. Am I holding it right? Yep. Yeah, yep. no, we can see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and awesome. you know, you got here like a, a champions number one in nine eight and nine four, another nine eight, nine yeah, so it's a lot of fun stuff and keeps us really busy. What's that? Pretty much everything, right? <laughs> a little bit of everything. A little yeah. bit of everything. <laughs> Yeah, it makes me really happy to have lots of comic books around me. Um, <laughs> I think, I think we, all say, we, we all say that. <laughs> yeah, right on. <laughs> all right, so going back uh -huh. a little bit, we like to start all our yeah. interviews by getting our guests' comic book origin story. So basically back before you started buying and selling when you were a kid, what got you into comics? Yeah. You know, what really piqued your interest? So, so I well, – low battery. Oh, no. <laughs> can, can you guys see me? You know, I'm going to go – back to my office and, and plug it. I thought I had enough juice in this thing. Um, all right. And it'll be good for me to sit down and not race around on 50 different things while I, I think you made us drool, a, drool enough for now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, here's what I can tell you. I've loved comic books since before I could even read. And I had two big brothers, uh, my brother, Sal, who runs Garden State Comic Fest. Um, oh, yeah. And my brother, Jerry, who is a, an art teacher, uh, they're 10 and 11 years older than me. And my brothers introduced me to comic books. Um, I often will jokingly say that if it wasn't for them, who knows, maybe I wouldn't be in this business. <laughs> but as a little, as a little boy, I, I just was blown away by the colors and the costumes. And I could, I remember reading, I have distinct memories of reading Astonishing Tales with Deathlock in it. And I couldn't, I couldn't read everything perfectly, but he, I knew he was talking to somebody. He was talking to something called the pewter. I was like, what does pewter mean? You know, it's short for computer. And I was like, you know, a little kid, and I was trying to read this stuff, and it was, it was so much fun. But I could follow the pictures, and these guys were such incredible storytellers um, through their artwork that it was, it was pretty easy for me to tell what was going on. Um, so I, I collected. Uh, whenever I could get any spare change, quarter, nickels, dimes, put it all together and go to the local candy store. I grew up in a place uh, in Queens called Rockaway Beach. And um, I would go to Beach 129th Street to a place called Allen's, which was a candy store. And then there was a little luncheonette where they'd serve egg creams and all types of stuff. And there was a spinner rack in, in there and this like little old Chinese couple owned the place. And I'd go in there and look through the spinner rack and try to find a comic book for me. Really. I remember loving Marvel team-ups, two-in-ones, uh, Conan. Uh, I was really more into Marvel. Um, so I really loved the Marvel characters. But every once in a while, Batman, Superman, that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I loved – I even remember my cousin uh, had a lot of um, uh, Sergeant Rocks and Our Army at Wars. So I remember I would look at those as well. Those were really cool. Um, and so, I, you know, I was in elementary school and, um, was collecting with my friends. We'd go on field trips. I remember we'd bring comic books and we'd trade comic books. Um, uh, then as I got older, I was around 15, 16 years old. I started buying and selling comics with a friend who lived across the street 
and we put an ad in, in the old comic buyer's guide, a quarter page ad called VM. Our company was called VM Comics <laughs> for our initials. And we would travel all over New York and buy stuff. And everybody in school knew this is what I was doing. So if they knew I had a relative who had a collection, they'd call me up and I'd go buy the collection. Um, did uh, bought and sold comic books all through high school. Uh, wow. and, and when I went to St. John's University, uh, I, I was buying and selling, doing comic book conventions, uh, great, uh, great Eastern conventions in the city. I was doing shows all over Long Island, including uh, Ken Diamond's um, uh, Rockville Center Show, which is a really good show back in the 80s. So then um, I was doing an internship, uh, like my last uh, semester in at St. John's for Gannett Outdoor Advertising. And they had me in a marketing department. Marketing was my um, major. Uh, I was a business major and I, I hated it. I had, I had very little skill on, on computers and they had me working on computers all day. <laughs> and I remember what I ended up doing is I would go into the art department and I would hang out with the art, art guys. And lo and behold, they were all comic book fans. Of course. So <laughs> this was my way to supplement my income. I'd bring comic books in, in every week. I was working for my buddy Tommy at Best Comics in uh, Long Island. And, and at that time, it was in uh, Little Neck yep. in Queens. And, um, and so I'd, I'd get subscription books, you know, for these art, art guys and Gannett. And I'd make some extra pocket change, you know, for uh, pocket money for it's bringing that stuff, but I hated doing what I was doing. Um, but I did it. And uh, when I that's graduated, that's our local comic shop, by the way. Best comics with yeah. Tommy's the best. Yeah, Tommy best. Yeah, yeah. You guys tell him you did an interview, and I plugged his store. <laughs> we will. <laughs> He'll appreciate it. He's a great guy. Yes. Um. So, uh, what happened? Uh, I'm. I graduate from St. John's. And I'm sitting in my uh, on my bed at home pondering the universe what am i going to do with myself and and i had two choices i could go and get a job in the city working for a marketing firm probably make peanuts coming out of college and have an hour and 15 minute commute to the city and an hour and 15 minute commute back to rockaway <laughs> know what that's like <laughs> or choice number two i could probably work in my boxers all day from home <laughs> on my bed making phone calls buying and selling comics and probably make double it wasn't a hard choice for me. I chose the comics route. And uh, what I can tell you is that first year out of college, I was at a comic book convention. Uh, I think it was off of Ralph Avenue in Brooklyn, by uh, like 10 minutes away from uh, King's Plaza yep. on Flavish Avenue. And um, I ran into this guy. Somebody, somebody told this guy that I, I lived in Rockaway. And he was like, hey, man, I live in Rockaway too. Could you give me a ride back? So sure, no problem. So... I didn't know there were any other comic dealers in Rockaway and this guy happened mm -hmm. to buy and sell comics and his name is Kurt Bowlers. He's still around today. He's a great guy. And he, um, he said to me, Hey, you know, you should come out with me to Manhattan. I sell comics in the streets in the city and, and you can make some money. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah. I said, okay, I'll give it a shot. So a couple <laughs> days later, I, put some boxes together and we drove into the city together and I'll never forget. We worked from like 10 to three and I made about 50 bucks and I looked at him. I'm like, dude, what'd you do? You brought me into the city. I made $50, the, the tolls, gas and parking. <laughs> I'm making nothing. And he goes, listen, Ben, trust me. They just got to get to know you and see what you bring. And tomorrow will be better. So it's went to the next day. 
and I ended up making 60 bucks that day. And I was like, Kurt, you're killing me here, man. Like, what are you doing? I'm making nothing here. So he said, trust me, trust me. You got to have some patience. Come with me one more time. Third day, I did 200 bucks. I'm like, all right, I like this. Wow. So I'm working, from, I'm working from 10 to 3 in the summer in the financial district. I was set up on, on uh, Broadway between John and Maiden, Maiden Lane. And uh, I had a lot of fun, and I would buy and sell comic books on the streets of Manhattan. The guys would come out of the financial district from Wall Street, and they would come by, and they'd spend some money. Uh, Bulletproof Comics, my buddy's store, um, Bulletproof Comics was around the corner for me there, and I'd go and stop by and say hello. And there was always a good restaurant to go to and grab some Chinese food or some sushi. <laughs> and that's how I spent my summer. And after I'd get home, it was still early enough in the summertime that I could go to the beach and play volleyball with my buddies. So I, I have a really great day on the weekends. I would buy and sell warehouses of comic books. Back then they were packaging comic books for like three, for a dollar, those type of deals. Yeah. So I'd find a warehouse of a hundred thousand books, make a penny a book on them, thousand bucks for a couple hours in the weekend. And it flipped a warehouse to warehouse as a middleman. And I supplemented my income doing that as well as comic book conventions. I'd say over the course of the first year out of college, I'd probably moved um, bulk warehouses, probably close to a million comic books. Wow. And <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and then, you know, all the comic book conventions and this, that, and the other thing, what I did from the, from the get go is I set out a goal. Um, my, my goal was to hit a certain um, amount of uh, profits in the first year and i hit that which was which was really thrilling for me my second goal and, and major goal was i said okay if i'm going to do this full time uh i have to set out some goals what, what, what am i out to accomplish and my goal from the get-go after after st john's was i wanted to be the biggest comic book dealer in the world and i had no idea how i was going to do that but that was my goal um i was brought up uh by um, two immigrant parents uh, from Italy. And uh, thank God they, 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 they gave me some very valuable lessons. One of them was you can accomplish anything you set your mind to. And the other was uh, knowledge is power. And I took those two things to heart. And I also learned that it was very good uh, if you had goals to write them down, that things would, um, materialize better if you wrote them down they become real to you so i sat down you know and i wrote down i want to be the biggest comic book dealer in the world and then i started trying to figure out how the hell i was going to do this i started working my tail off buying selling doing whatever i could to build my reputation to i called up uh the overstreet price guide talked to bob overstreet hey bob could i become a, an overstreet price guide advisor I said, sure, just, you know, send me out some sales and write up, you know, a, a market report. And I was like, wow, thanks. It was like just <laughs> thrilling to even talk to Bob Overstreet. Well, lo and behold, he was, he was such a nice guy. And there were a lot of guys early on in my career who I, I would say were um, uh, very helpful, encouraging, and uh, mentors in one way or another. Um, and so um, one of the best ways I found to build my business at that point, other than working my tail off, was um, to try to do things that, uh, to fill in uh, needs or wants in the hobby. And one of the things I saw that was very much lacking, I, I couldn't beat my competitors in experience because they had way more experience than I did. I couldn't beat them money-wise. They had tons more money. They had tons more network than I did and they knew everybody. 
So I said, where can I beat these guys? And I, and I think I kept hearing over and over again was that customer service in general back then was not great. So that's what I did. I, I, I watched my, my father who was a um, chef and restaurateur um, and my mom who was a fantastic host uh, at our home. I watched the things that they did and I emulated them as you know, another set of role models um, uh, to um, create the business environment that I wanted. And, I'm, and even to this day, I'm extremely hands-on with customers. Um, and I try to make people understand that whether they're spending 50 grand with me, 50,000 or $2 million, $3 million, I care about the business. I was taught very early on that the guys who are spending 50 bucks today will be the guys who are spending 50 grand tomorrow. And you can't judge a book by its cover and you got to treat everybody equally and fairly. Um, and so that's what I tried to do. Now, am I always successful at this? No, nobody's perfect, but I do the best I possibly can. And I try to uh, make sure that people know I actually give a shit and I care <laughs> about their business. Um, right. Now, that's not to say if somebody treats me very unfairly that I'm going to turn the other cheek all the time. There is a point where I think everybody says, hey, enough's enough. Yeah. But in general, <laughs> you know, we try to have good, healthy, positive relationships with people. So, and so. that's the beginning of my origin. <laughs> go ahead. Ask another question. I'll go on for 20 minutes. So uh, what would you say are like some of the mistakes you made early on that really uh, helped you learn in the business? Never ask Brad Savage to watch your comic books when you're at a convention. <laughs> I made the mistake of asking him to watch my comic books at a convention and I came back upstairs and all four boxes were gone. Oh boy. Missing. <laughs> completely gone. I, I I'm friendly with Brad now, but it's still I that's one mistake I wish I never made was <laughs> asking that man to watch my comic books. He had his back to the books when I went upstairs <sighs> uh, after un unloading and uh, my four best boxes were gone. Um, but it was actually a valuable lesson looking back on it um, as a friend of mine, his dad said, every dark cloud has a silver lining and the silver lining in from that loss was it taught me that, uh, even though I lost my best inventory and had no, no, um, insurance that I could recover from that. And, um, it took me a little bit of time. I, I remember for about a month, I woke up every morning, just completely depressed. And then one morning I woke up and realized, I said, you know what, if, if I continue to act like this, then these guys really stole something from me. Yeah. So right, right, that right. day, I, I I vouched that day to, as hard as I had been working, I was now going to work 10 times harder, 10 times faster, 10 times smarter. And within three months, I was back at break even. Um, I had taken a lot of comic books of consignment. I paid off the consigners. Um, and even there were collections I had purchased the night before that convention that I hadn't even mailed a check out, but I paid everybody back everything I needed to do and, and kept moving forward. And I think that, um, a lot of my peers and, and the guys who were way higher up the ladder than I was, um, saw how I handled this type of adversity. And I think in some way, shape or form, I probably earned their respect a little bit more. I, I don't want to speak for them, but that was a feeling I got. Absolutely. Um, and then I, you know, um, other regrets, um, 
Not so much in comic books, but I, I just, I wish I had bought a lot more real estate when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had to understand how mortgages worked when I was a lot younger. Uh, I, I probably wouldn't have to um, sell comic books right now. But, uh, <laughs> I, I do love, I do love what I do. And, and I will say this, that it, it, while I, I would be full of shit if I said that I didn't care about the money I make, I do care about money. But with comic books, the great thing about it is, um, I was just as happy when I was, you know, starting out when I was making a lot less. It's, it's been a thrill the entire time. It's very exciting to buy a new collection, to um, put a smile on someone's face when you sell them a comic book or buy from them. So there's been a lot of different experiences for me on both sides of the fence. Um, some of the best experiences I had uh, running the first big Apple convention, which was called The Show Must Go On, was one of the most uh, exciting experiences of my career in 1996. Um, and the reason it was so exciting for me was because here was something that I was doing, even though I was hopefully going to make some money, which I, I ended up actually losing money as a promoter of that show must go on show. Um, I made money at my booth, but <clears throat> we created an alternate venue. Do you guys know the story about how Grading's Eastern conventions crashed and burned back in 1996? No, no. All right. Well, let me tell you a little bit about the origins <laughs> of the show must go on and, and, and Big Apple conventions. So what ended up happening was Fred Greenberg was running a show at the Time Warner Center, which was back then called the New York Coliseum. Um, Fred thought he was pretty slick and was going to do run the show without getting the floor plan approved by the fire marshal. <laughs> he was wrong. Um, the day of the show, we were all lined up down the block ready to load in. And Fred was walking to everybody's car telling him that the show had been canceled because the fire marshal uh, did not approve the fire plan and um, he couldn't run the show and the New York uh, Coliseum would, allow, would not allow him to have it. This is a very serious thing. You have to have a fire plan set up because God forbid there's a fire. People need to have an escape route. And he didn't have any of that stuff done. So me, Vince Gula, and Mike Carbonaro, we were all dealers. Um, all our names ended in a vowel. In a vowel. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we ran around, we went to the Javits Center and with, with, with um, Fred Greenberg trying to get an alternate venue. And after the Javits Center wasn't going to come together, uh, when that happened, Fred just said that he threw up his hands and we said, hey, listen, Fred, can we, are you okay with us doing something on our own? He said, sure, just don't collect the mailing list. I wouldn't think that's fair. I said, okay, we wouldn't, we won't, we didn't. But what we did is we had free admission and within 48 hours, we put together a show in 1996 when there was barely any internet. We had people, it was snowing by the way, the day we had the show, we, wow. we, we found a venue at the uh, St. Paul the Apostle Church Auditorium on 59th and 9th. They had yeah. a 10,000 square foot <laughs> basement and it was a fantastic venue, but it, it was snowing the day of and we had people with signs over at the New York Coliseum because people were still going to the New York Coliseum. And uh, they were basically just guiding them, walking them over to the church. <laughs> so we had, when the doors opened, we had, we had thousands of people pouring into the room. And I'll never forget, I, I, I had this, this incredible feeling of elation of, of, of being able to actually have um, done this mission impossible, putting a comic <laughs> convention together in 48 hours with a very limited staff and limited budget and limited everything. And I did, I don't know if you guys, were, you guys might not know this, but there used to be these Toyota commercials where the people would jump up in the air and be like, mm -hmm. oh, what a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I remember doing one of those jumps <laughs> at the beginning of the show. I, and it was, uh, that was really exciting. So um, uh, that's another thing I would tell people in general. Don't, 
don't run comic conventions. They're a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Although they can also they can also be very lucrative. But I got out of the convention business within a, within six months. Wow. Uh, um, other regrets? I don't know things to avoid. Um, learn how to spot restoration. Learn um, your market. Learn the business inside and out because people will try to take advantage of you, and they will try to rip you off. And you got to be careful. Did that happen a lot yeah. too early on? Uh, you, you make mistakes. Um, you don't spot the color touch, or you don't realize the book's trimmed, or you miss the piece of replacement on a book. So you know things like that happen. But I I learned very fast, and I had a lot of friends who would teach me and. I'm pretty good at spotting it now. Yeah. Everybody still misses one, you know, something here and <laughs> here and there. But uh, for the most part, I, I, uh, I, I'm pretty, pretty cool with that. Um, uh, yeah. So mostly, I have a lot of very fond memories of my career in comic books. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a great ride. Nice. All right. So about 20 years ago, you partnered up with Steve Fischler at Metropolis Collectibles, which is where you are now, right? <laughs> yeah. So Actually, I think it's 20, it'll be 21 years, July 1st of this year. Very nice. Wow. 21 nice. years. So I think it's yeah. fair to say you guys have been killing it in the industry. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, how that started? <laughs> uh, so Steve and I um, became partners and, um, but, sorry, we became friends in the, the early nineties. I think he had, uh, heard about this big collection I got and um, I sold most of it out and I'll never forget he came to a show and he was like oh so this is the big collection <laughs> there was like nothing left in it and I'm like wah 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 uh, but uh, you know we became friends after that and um, one uh, day he said hey would you like to come to the city and have drinks with me I said sure so I went into the city and we sat down and he said hey I'm, I'm thinking about bringing on a partner and uh uh, you're, you're the guy I was thinking about because we, we both are very serious about our work and have good, uh, you have a good work ethic and I think this could be a good partnership. And um, it took us a while to get everything together, but uh, I, I think uh, it took us almost about a year to put the contract and, and you know, it, it was a lot of thinking about it and making sure this was a good fit. Um, and we, we became partners in um, July 1st, 1999 and have been ever since. In fact, I always laugh about it. Our, our business marriage has lasted longer than my first marriage and his only marriage put together. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. So, yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, that was in 1999. And we, in 2007, we started uh, Comic Connect. And in 2015, we started Metropolis Gallery. Awesome. You got some really cool stuff in that gallery. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, JJ, I yeah, think you went to one of the first ones, right? Well, I went to the uh, the John Cassidy uh, you did uh, a couple years ago, which was really because I, I actually work right down the road from uh, from you. I'm on 38th and 8th. Oh, uh, cool, that, cool. That, uh, that, that show, I yeah, I got that that you know that I think it was an email I got. And I was like, oh, I'm just gonna go there after work, and you know, I still had my work clothes on, my backpack, and it, the funniest experience of that was you know walking in and I'm I'm talking to this guy and. He, you know, he was, uh, he started talking about star Wars and I started talking to him about Star Wars. like, yeah, I just, I, I got this. He was standing next to the star Wars poster, um, that, that was up on the wall. And I was like, yeah, I just got this one. You know, it's, it was a, a 300 run limit and everything else. And 
He's like, well, I did that one. I'm like, no, no, that that's Greg Hillebrand did that. He's like, well, I'm Greg Hillebrand. I'm like, <laughs> and, it, and his wife came over. She's like, yeah, this is my husband, Greg. And I'm like, oh my god, it was just, it was the craziest thing. Yeah, they're they're fantastic people. Gene and Greg are just so so amazing. And Greg, what a talented artist. And Gene, an amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, she handles all his art. She does everything, and she's she's, yeah. she's extremely. Uh, smart we, and we, talented uh, person and, and greg is just unbelievable we've got to meet yeah. him a few times he's always a pleasure to talk to yeah yeah they're really nice people um yeah the gallery's been a thrill for me because you know one of the things I, I often tell people is oh you know everybody wants to talk to me now when i go to a party all the marvel movies i want to talk, oh wolverine and x-men da, 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 da. What, which one's your favorite dc movie or just, what do you think the next one's gonna what, everybody wants to talk about comic books nowadays when I was in college and I would go to parties and people would ask me, what do you do? Or when I got out of college, people, what do you do? I saw comic books. Girls would either walk away or they would go, no, what's your real job? Or can you make a living doing that? And after a while, it puts a chip on your shoulder a little bit. So one of my main goals has always been, has always been to try to, to legitimize our um, hobby, business, art form to um, raise the bar. Uh, to show it in a, in, a, in a better light than I think it had been for a long time. Uh, and, I, and I try to do that whenever I'm on TV, doing interviews in a very professional manner. Um, and I think it's, I think I've been doing a pretty good job at it because they keep calling me back for more interviews. <laughs> and, uh, and also, uh, you know, you look at the elevation of comic books as an investment uh, as uh, as an art form, it's taught in colleges. There, are, you can get a degree in comic book history and things like that. So, um, not I'm not saying I'm the reason that happened, but I, I'd like to think I'm a small part of the reason that yeah. there, there are certain things that have grown Absolutely. in terms of um, the perspective uh, changing uh, for comic books. Yeah, awesome. I mean, I cool. think you've done a pretty uh, good job of, you know, making a name in the industry. All you need to say is Vinny from Metropolis, and everyone knows who you're talking about. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's nice. I, I appreciate that. I, um, I, 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 love, I love this business. I love comic books. And, um, you know, I, people, I think even if I were to retire, I think I'd still, you know, be dabbling. And, you know, eventually you know, I got, got older and said, oh, you know, I'm going to, uh, slow down a bit i'd probably still be doing this left and right uh, it's, it's just it's also kind of second nature for me um you put you put me in a situation where i can buy and sell a comic book and i can my, my brain starts going into overdrive i love it yeah. that's great. cool so you said you started and I love reading them too yeah you know, that's, that's a plus yeah so i got a stack of comics on my bed on the side of my bed and um change them out every few months and yeah i just i love reading comic books They're such a, so great. what it's all about <laughs> yeah no. so you said you started comic connect in 2006 right 2007 2007 so June. what was yeah. what was the online comic book market like at that time because it must have been kind of oh, it was really infancy, it, it was right? it, it, no it was really good um so uh mm. what i would say is that the online um comic uh market was very strong the uh, reason we started comic connect is because we were losing business to ebay you know and i said to i kept saying to my partner it took me two years to convince him uh, <laughs> uh you know i said i kept saying i said listen we can't compete 
you know, I can't say I'm going to buy your collection for 60% when somebody could put it up on eBay and pay eBay, whatever, 10% or something. Um, so we said to start our own auction company and, um, and it was not easy at, in the beginning. We, we, uh, even with our reputation for Metropolis, it was slow going in the first six months. Um, it's pretty slow. And then we hit on a, an action comics, number one in 6.0 condition that sold for what was then a record $317,100. And that was, wow. uh, in, I think, 2008, January of 2008. And so that was a world record, and it really catapulted us. Uh, and I would say very, very easily, we, my, our, my companies have sold more action number ones in the last 10 years than the entire industry put together. I think that's a fair judgment, at least publicly. <laughs> <I can tell. laughs> uh, yeah, um, we hold we hold multiple world records, Guinness World Records for most expensive comic books ever sold, most expensive Silver Age comic book, Amazing Fantasy 15, CGC 9.6 for $1.1 million, first million dollar comic book, which was an action number one in 8.0, followed up a month later by an action number one in 8.5 for $1.5 million. We've sold action ones for... Um, million, 1.5, 1.75, 53,000, 2.2 million, and over 3 million. Um, so we keep very, very busy. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you guys also hold a record for the most expensive purchase comic? <laughs> yeah, well, we bought, we bought the uh, action one for 3.2 million, and we sold it for a profit. Oh, you uh, did part sell. of my agreement was yeah part it. of my <laughs> part of my agree, part of the agreement with the with the um new owner was that we wouldn't uh say what it sold for That's but fair. i can tell That's you fair. fair enough that um you know if guys get a pony up money like that uh, <laughs> and he wants me to keep it to myself i'm i'm happy to do that That's, go for it that's fair <laughs> i think that was on all of our ebay watch lists with no intention of buying it obviously <laughs> yeah i was it was, I was so at, cool to I was see at, i was in uh, at a chicago wizard show and that, that Sunday evening was ending and my, uh, my, since I was at the show, my partner was bidding on it for us. And, and when it ended, I was watching it on my phone and when it ended, I was so thrilled and like, it was like a big celebration that night. We went out to dinner with a bunch of friends. <laughs> it was very, very exciting. Very cool. That's cool. That is wild. Does it ever get old getting, getting one and like holding it in your hands? <laughs> An action one doesn't get old. Um, no. Uh, and you know, almost every collection, even junky collections are still fun because you'll see something that will remind you of some other time. And, yeah. and that was one of the a great lessons I learned a long time ago. It's, it's not just the comic, it's not just the story inside the comic book, it's the story that connects to your life. Yeah. And that's what makes it really special. Like, um, I'll show you guys something. Let me see if I can, I'm really low on battery here, but let me see if I can just spin out for a second and show you guys something real cool. <laughs> I forgot that I could spin this camera around. Here we go. So <laughs> one of my favorite comic books when I was a kid was Marvel two and one number five. That's awesome. If you guys can see that. Yeah. So see. I, yeah. I love the original guardians of the galaxy. Yeah. Uh, Charlie 27, Yondu. Um, what's this guy's name? That was, uh, Starhawk? Oh, God, now I'm going to It's, um, Blah, blah, blah. Um, oh, cri- shoot. Oh, what's his name? Uh, the crystal Chris- guy. <laughs> yeah, the crystal guy and Vance, Vance Astro. He was yeah, a, Vance an Astro. Astro. <laughs> kind of like a kind of like a Buck Rogers type of thing. Yeah. Frozen and his body was stuck inside this uh, containment suit. And they fought the Badoon. 
this is a recreation. Um, it's not the original because the original has never um, uh, surfaced. And I, this was done by Sal Buscema, John Buscema's younger brother. John did the Oof. original, but he passed a long time ago. So I got this done. And it's not worth a ton of money, but I love it. It's, it's mm-hmm. thrilling to me. Mm-hmm. That's, Here's that's a awesome. Matt, Matt Baker 7Cs cover. Oh, Matt Baker. That's the only I've never seen a Matt Baker cover in my entire life, so I had to jump on that. Um, <laughs> this is really cool. It's uh, submarined by his creator, Bill Everett. <laughs> and it's really neat. This little word balloon here. Um, special, special note of nostalgia. While Bill Everett, who illustrates our tale this month, was the artist who first illustrated the submarine more than two decades ago when he originally burst into stardom. Nuff said. <laughs> um, here's one of the best horror covers. Oh, I know that. Uh, That's awesome. 1950s, uh, Weird Mysteries, number four by Bernard Bailey. Here's a really cool um, Speed 28 cover by Lee Elias, this giant Nazi monster, and uh, a bunch of Gil Kane. Gil Kane, just, just tons of cool stuff. This is a really cool cover by Gil Kane. That's amazing. Great, uh, great um, way he drew Captain America. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Gil Kane's yeah. work. <laughs> Yeah, my, it was, my, it, my uh, one and only. It was Matronex. It was Matronex. Martin X. Yeah, Martin X. Martin X. That's right. I can't remember. Darn. That's great. My, my first. My first sub. My first Submariner was uh, was purchased uh, from you guys. Oh uh, wow! Oh, that's it was so the, cool. Uh, yeah. So this is. Uh, can't I can't see it with your with your you background. Can't see it. Oh no. <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna get rid of the put it in front of your face. You'll see my green. There, there you go. So nice. this was my this I was looking for this book for such a long time, and you guys had the only copy. <laughs> my wife is like, I'm gonna buy That's this a great cover, yeah. great cover, it's, yellow, and you got stubby this. jumping. Yeah. I love this comic cover. book yellow. So it's my one. <laughs> That's my one and only Metropolis first summer. Oh, it's purchase. cool. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, thank you. Great to hear. <laughs> and you're very, thank you. <laughs> so yeah. you're showing us a lot of this awesome art. How did you guys get into the original art side of things? Well, um, my partner, uh, I've been collecting for a long time. I started collecting probably in, gosh, I remember, I think the first piece of art I bought was, uh, hold on, I'll show you, it's up here, <laughs> um, was this John Romita profile oh. of Spidey. It's in a collection I bought out of Brooklyn. And then the other first piece of art that I bought at a convention was this Batman by Marshall Rogers. Wow. wow. Can you see it? Well, yeah. there. Yep. So what's really crazy about it is um, the uh, Marshall Rogers, uh, I'm on the phone with a friend of mine a couple of years ago and he says, uh, he says, oh, what's the first piece of art you ever bought? And I tell him about this piece and he says to me, oh my God, you bought that from me. Like, oh my god i remember i bought it in 1994 at my first wizard uh well back then it was just chicago comic-con and and sure enough i bought it from this guy who i later became friends with like you know 10 years later and i just never realized it was it was him and and uh he's and you know what he said he said i also regretted regretted selling that piece of art. <laughs> uh, yeah wow i'm also really big into bruce lee and um Right here, this is Bruce Lee's first and only signed movie contract. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. That is freaking that's awesome. awesome. And, and you know what's incredible? This is this is your office. This isn't even the gallery. This is your office. <laughs> yeah. I, I like 
I like to surround myself with stuff that makes me happy. So yeah, that's, that's, that's what uh, a lot of us do. We all do. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was, I was in, I was in Laos for a day and I bought this stupid thing. <laughs> like the language. It's a Captain America gun and like shoots, shoots both. I think I bought this for like five bucks. I couldn't resist. I carried it all the way back from Asia. <laughs> that's great. Um, that's great. Some, uh, there's a uh, spy versus spy. Uh, Mark Texier wow. on Ghost Rider, on Space Punisher, there's a Frazetta. Um, it's absolutely uh, stunning. This is a photo I took at the Led Zeppelin reunion concert in 2007. I oh, actually just listened oh. to your Comic Zone interview where you talked about that in the intro. I think it was, oh, with, really? Tom, I think it was with Tom McFarlane, and that was <laughs> the first like five minutes of it. You talked about how you just got back from there. <laughs> Oh, is that right? That's yeah. so cool. I got to check that out. <laughs> it's, it's, I got to admit, it's it's really hard for me to listen to myself when on those interviews. I, I hear all the mistakes, and it's it's a little frustrating. Uh, but uh, same with us. People enjoy them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so how how did you get into so, doing that? Actually, doing the the, the, the radio, radio show. show. Yeah. Ah, so there was an online radio company called World Talk Radio, and he just called me one day and he said, "Hey, would you like to host a show about comic books?" And I was like. I would love to host a show. <laughs> I have, have no, I have this absolutely no idea what I'm doing. Um, and uh, they gave me a little, some pointers and we started, I started calling up people. Would you be a guest on my show? And I, I mean, I had some pretty interesting guests. I had Brian Singer opening night of Superman returns. That was pretty cool. Um, Frank Miller was really exciting. Uh, Dave Mandel, writer on Seinfeld, writer. I had the soup Nazi on once. <laughs> uh, I had a guy named Larry Kane on who was a, um, a, an anchorman in Philadelphia. And he, I met him at a book uh, review. Like he was just talking about his book he had written called Ticket to Ride. He was the first American um, journalist to travel with the Beatles on their first tour of the state. Wow. And wow. I found him captivating. I said, I'd love to do, interview you. And, you know, it won't really be about comic books, but I'd love to talk about the Beatles and stuff. And so I went on him and, and we had this great interview. And I remember before I interviewed him, um, I asked him if, for a piece of advice. Now, how, how can I become a better interviewer? And he said to me, he said, listen. I said, really? He said, you, you're the host of the show. Everybody knows how smart you are. They don't need you to tell them all the time. <laughs> Just ask the questions and let your, your guests go. And I got to say, like before that, I was a little insecure in terms of interviewing. So I would always try to chime in with as much as I could. And after he said that to me, I would start to listen a lot more. And I think it's a very valuable tool to learn as well in regular communication with people is to listen. Um, right. You guys are doing a great job. No, it's a good but, point. Uh, you know, he was fantastic. He was fantastic. Yeah. So we know there's a lot of, you know, famous people who are into collecting comic books. I mean, famously, you know, Nicolas Cage had one of those very high end, um, you know, action ones at one point before it was stolen and whatever happened to it. Uh, do you guys have a lot of, uh, you know, celebrities that uh, you deal with that you're allowed to talk about at least? Well, well, first, let me say that the whole thing with Nick Cage, he was uh, one of our biggest clients uh, for a long time. And when his uh, comic book got stolen, it got stolen because he had a Christmas party in which uh, he had all the comic books in these beautiful shadow boxes locked. And the backs of the, the, the um, display case was hooked up where they were hooked up to his home security system. 
it was he had a Christmas party. He wanted to show his comic books off to his friends. So he turned off the security system, unlocked the shadow boxes, and showed them. And I, we we're, we think that somebody who worked this, who worked catering stole his uh, action one along with a couple other books. Um, my partner flew out to Los Angeles and offered you know to help with the investigation. And um, what was interesting was after it was all said and done, uh, Steve said to Nick, "Sooner or later, somebody will try to sell this, and when they do." We'll get it back for you. Fast forward 13 years later, we get a call from this guy with an action one. He, he wouldn't give a number, and we hoped he would call back after they got we got off the phone with him. And sure enough, he did call back. And when he did, uh, he gave us a name and number and sent us a picture, mail, emailed us a picture of the book. The second my partner saw the comic book, he recognized it as, as Nick's copy because it had a few spots of white where the blue should be at the top of the, the masthead. And it was like almost like a fingerprint. It was very unique for his copy. It was a raw uh, copy? To have that. Yes, it was a raw copy. And so my partner set up an appointment to see this guy the very next day in California, called up Nick, told him what was going on, called up the uh, detective who was on the case 13 years earlier, who was still at the police department, and uh, went out there, met with the detective, and they set up a plan to go when they went out to meet the guy. And sure enough, uh, the detective goes, says to Steve, says, listen, if anything goes crazy there, don't be a hero. Just hit the ground. And I'll take care of everything. <laughs> to which my partner said, no problem. <laughs> okay. so, so they go there. And as soon as Steve recognized the book, his, he was supposed to say, hey, this is a really nice book. And then the detective would uh, introduce himself as a detective and explain the situation. Sure enough, that all happens. And they get the, they take the book, and um, we ended up selling it several months later for Nick, and that's the copy that hit a world record. It was a 9.0, uh, hit a world record of 2.2 million dollars, 2,161,000 to be exact. Uh, so that was pretty thrilling. Um, other celebrities I've sold comic books to: uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is one, wow. um, Mark ha Mark Hamill, Miguel Ferrer. Um, Thomas Jane, who played uh, started as the Punisher, he's an incredibly knowledgeable guy. Um, uh, Somebody I'm told sure us. A, oh, oh, Paul Gambaccini, Paul Gambaccini, who's a, a, a um, legendary radio uh, DJ in, in 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 England. He knows everybody and knows everything about music. He's also a collector. Jonathan Ross, who is the British version of, I guess, uh, you know. Jimmy Kimmel type of, you know, um, <laughs> I, I, I would often compare him to Johnny Carson and people said not Johnny Carson was the greatest. I said, you know, you know <laughs> Jonathan Ross is, is England's version. He was, he's the greatest over there. We, um, we heard a story that uh, Leo DiCaprio's dad was like a comic uh, vendor or something like that. Is he was a true? publisher. He, he was pub a publisher, published yeah. underground comic books. Leo would, after school, would go over to Golden Apple Comics in LA and he would sit in the back and, and read comic books all day. He loved comic books. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and it, I often find it really amusing. One of the first times I met him, came into our um, showroom, and I asked him who his favorite character was, and he said, uh, Namor. And I said, why? He said, well, because he's Italian. And I was like, <laughs> wait, really? How is Namor? Uh, I, I I think he, he thought he was Italian for some reason. I don't know, maybe Atlantis was near Italy. But, but if you do know the history... Namor's um, name spelled backwards is Roman. 
Mm. Oh, who okay. knows? Maybe oh. Leo knows something I don't know. You, you know who uh, does know that? Uh, Rob Liefeld. What, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He had a character, uh, a comic character, Roman, who was basically very close copy to Namor. <laughs> he just flipped the oh, name. Did he, you know what? I don't remember. Was that, was that an image? Yeah, was it was an, an image, image character. Book. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Oh, wow. That's yeah. cool. I got to check that out. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, Rob's a really nice guy. A lot of guys uh, pick on Rob, but I, I think he's great. He's, uh, I, I love his art. I think his art was very dynamic. Um, I'm, I'm a fan. I also, uh, one of my other... Um, uh, guys I love from that time period um, is uh, Stephen Platt. I don't know if you could see that cover to Moon Knight 50s here. Oh, I don't know if it's coming just for a second. I think still so gotta hook back up. So yeah, so hold on a second. Let me switch that around. There we go. Um, yeah, and so other celebrities, I'm sure there's a bunch I'm not remembering right now. Oh, you know what was thrilling? Um, I was a big uh, hip hop uh, rap fan in the '90s, and one one time when Leo was at our place looking at comic books, he said, "Hey, a, a buddy of mine's going to be coming up." I was like, "Okay, cool, no problem." I'm, uh, and sure enough, the bell rings about ten minutes later, and I hear, uh, "This is Tip. I'm uh, I'm Leo's friend." And I was like, oh, oh, "Okay," and I buzz him up, and I'm thinking to myself, "Oh my God, you know, Leo DiCaprio, it's cool, whatever." You know, but if Q-Tip from A Tribe Called Quest walks through my door, I am going to lose my fucking mind. And sure enough, Kamal, his name is Kamal, Q-Tip from Tribe Called Quest, walks through my door, and I am, like, like really starstruck at that point because I love his music. That's awesome. And, um, and, and he bought a Silver Surfer number four because he liked Thor, uh, which was really cool. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just a really fun moment. Uh, bear with me one second, guys. I'm going to switch over to my uh, wire. Uh, yeah, no head. I'm losing you guys. Yeah, all right. Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, great. I can hear you. Um, I'm sure there are a bunch of other celebrities. I, I know Eminem's a comic book fan. I sold a really? comic book to um, um, concert producers in Australia who were. <laughs> doing a show with him. So that got there. Um, I gave Howard Stern comic books once and he ended up giving them to some of his producers. <laughs> I found that out later on when I was on their show. Uh, and, and they're like, Hey, what do you think these comics are worth? I'm like, motherfucker. Those are the books I gave to Howard Stern. He gave them away. I, 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 I later learned he was all, he's also a germaphobe. So who knows? Maybe he didn't want to touch the comic books. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so with all the friends that are kind of happening now, what are like the books that you see that are like super high that you expect to kind of fizzle? And what do you think is a good thing to get into um, collecting right now? I don't have a crystal ball. Um, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't think that many comic books are going to go down in value. The only place I would say to be careful are, are, um, you know, modern variant covers yeah. and, um, things like that. Uh, you got to be, you have to get your timing right for movie and TV related comic books for the hype. You got to be careful. Those things usually have a short shelf life. Um, but you know, um, some of them continue to go up. Um, uh, things I think that are going to do really well in the future. I, I, I think there's a lot of room for romance and, uh, humor books and war books. 
So I, a lot of them have gone up in value, but I think there's a lot more room on those. Um, uh, pre-code horrors through the roof again. Um, but I still think, you know, it's still got room to go. Um, I, I think timelies have been overlooked a little bit in the last few years. And I love timelies. I buy up timelies as much as I can. I wish I had an inventory of nothing but timelies. Would be great. <laughs> so I, be- yeah. I believe in those a lot. Um, <clears throat> what else do I like? Uh, you know, um, it's so hard to pick like out, out of a hat. I mean, Spider-Mans are always good. A lot of people are shitting on AF-15s now. I think that's completely wrong. Um, <laughs> a, a, you will see AF-15s continue to go up. I guarantee it. If somebody wants to it, throw it, them it, out, let, them, let us know. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, people are, oh, the, the prices have gone down. Yeah, on some, some stuff, a little bit. Mm-hmm. But there's plenty of plenty of AF-15s that are, are selling at, at uh, the same prices and um, and everything goes through, you know, ups and downs and peaks and valleys, you know, and it's, it's, uh, um, it happens from time to time, but I think consistently, you know, Spider-Man's one of the most popular characters. I'd put him, you put him right up there with Superman and Batman. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think, I think it's just a matter of time. Um, things have trends and, uh, Hulk number one went through the roof a bunch of years ago and then it slowed down. Um, I think that'll be back up in a couple of years. It'll yeah. be, you know, people going crazy and all they have to do is announce, you know, well, a new Hulk movie with a different, um, you know, Actor. some type of different, yeah. my, my, my feeling is that the, the, the way Marvel should introduce Wolverine to the cinematic uh, Marvel cinematic universe is a Hulk versus Wolverine movie. Absolutely. And I, I was, I was <laughs> on the West coast. I was on the West coast in January uh, I was talking to an agent who is uh, the agent for about six of the Marvel directors. And he said, what, what do you think would be great? And I told him, I pitched him on this. Mm-hmm. And he just sat there with him. He called up one of the other agents and got him in the room. And listen, he was like, you know, that's a pretty good idea. Now, I don't know <laughs> if that'll ever happen. But if it does, I'd like to think a little bit. Something. <laughs> All right. We're, we're going to start, start the rumor that you, that you gave the idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I did. I did talk about. it. I'm sure somebody else <laughs> talked about it before I did, but I'd like to think maybe I had something, a little something to do. Um, now that I, that would be this, you know, joking, all joking aside, it would be thrilling to see a Wolverine versus Hulk movie. Oh my God, I'd lose my mind. Uh, you know, just do Hulk 180, 181, and 182. There you go. Modernize a little bit. Make make Wendigo look a little cooler. There's a love story in there. Wendigo and his girlfriend, you know, <laughs> before he before he turned into Wendigo, you know, you got all this cool stuff going on. You got Hulk, you got mm-hmm. Wolverine. Oh man, that would be just amazing. It'd be pretty awesome. So we've also Put him in his actually old yellow noticed, costume. Yes, yeah, a hundred percent. It's gotta be the yellow costume. <laughs> so we've also noticed a surge in um, graded video games, and you guys have kind of been the at the forefront of that. Uh, well, we're yeah. trying. We're trying. It, it's 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 an incredibly dynamic market. There are so many variables for each game. Uh, it makes it hard for me to keep up with, but we've got a great guy, uh, Jeff Mazza, who uh, is running our video game department. And it's really exciting. And we're, we're, turn, we're, we're, we're leaving no stone unturned. We are looking for video games everywhere. If anybody has video games, you want to sell them, comic books, artwork, video games, <laughs> memorabilia, statues, you name it, we're buying everything. Um, just just let us know. Contact us through metropoliscomics.com or comicconnect.com. We take consignments. We, we <laughs> sell through auction. We sell through privately. We sell through our websites. 
we do a little bit of everything. And um, what's been really fun for me over the last two months because of the pandemic, I've been really um, spending a lot more time on the phone while my team is working from home. <clears throat> I've been on the phone a lot making sales. And there's nothing I like more than buying and selling comics, original art, video games, you name it. Uh, and I've been doing a lot of that and it's been really exciting. Uh, I've had some really, really fantastic, um, sales come through, uh, for, for some great collectors building amazing collections. And it's just been a lot of fun. And then there, you know, obviously there've been people who need to sell because of what's going on around the world. And, and I've also been able to help those people out by selling stuff for them. So mm-hmm. it's been a win-win-win situation. I've been very excited about the market. Um, I love a challenge. So when this whole mess started, uh, I just... There he is. Welcome back. <laughs> oh, he's connecting the audio. Hey, guys. Um, oh, welcome I, back. I joined you through my... Uh, my um, the computer? <laughs> not too bad for this old dinosaur. I <laughs> Luckily, we were kind of finishing up anyway, so. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you already answered our question about what were the best ways to contact the uh, Metropolis Collectibles anyway, so. <laughs> Smoke um, signal. Smoke signal. <laughs> <laughs> so, Vin, Vin, um, Vincent, I'm sorry. One oh, thing I wanted to ask you before you go is, so when I was listening to some of those Comic Zone interviews, yeah. Um, people like Matt Nelson, they were talking about like CGC at that time and like restored books you, it would come up a lot. So I'm curious, how were restored books viewed back then as opposed to now? Because I feel like there's kind of a stigma attached to them now. Well, you know, it's funny you say that. I think they're a lot more acceptable now than they were. So, so you have to go back in time. Uh, for me, um, I would say that when I first got into this, the price difference between a restored and unrestored comic book was not that great. You could have a showcase number four that was, let's say, $2,000 unrestored might be $1,500 restored. Whereas today it might be 2000 unrestored and 700 restored. Yeah. So what I think, I think there was a negative trend against restored comic books through the 90s, although we sold them. And I think into the early 2000s, and then I'd say the last, I'd say 10 years, as comic book prices have gone up a lot, Restored comic books have become a lot more acceptable for people in their collections. Also, because CGC is authenticating them and telling you what's going on with the comic book, that's very helpful and allows people to understand if they're buying something that's professionally restored, amateur, if it's uh, light, moderate, or extensive. So um, the level of professional restoration on it, the quality of it. So you have a lot of different pieces of the puzzle that come into play for this, uh, which I think adds confidence to people uh, when they're buying. Now, that's not to say, you know, uh, a lot of people still won't buy restored comic books. I mean, uh, I normally like to buy un- unrestored comic books, but I bought some restored comic books from my collection. So I think it's, uh, it's fine and it's, it's, it's interesting. It's exciting to um, be able to take a, a beat up comic book and get it restored. There's some people who do amazing restoration work. Um, Kenny Sanderson uh, is a fantastic restoration expert. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, uh, Matt Nelson is incredibly gifted. Um, I think uh, <clears throat> Matt and Emily Myers are, are just brilliant. Uh, you know, of course, you have uh, Susan Ciccone. Um, I'm sure there's some people I'm, I'm leaving out, but those are the people that I think uh, highly of in the business. Um, 
They're, they're all talented in, in different ways uh, in terms of handling uh, different techniques that they use, mm -hmm. um, different ways of making a book look the best it can look. So yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. Very cool. All right, you guys have any other questions or? I think that's it. We'll have to do a part two one day. This yeah, is, uh, <laughs> he's, got so, he's got so much information. <laughs> I can go on forever. We got, we, got, we got to see the rest of that gallery. We could listen forever. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, guys, anything else you need, you let me know. It's been a real pleasure. If you guys can send me a, a link to this, I'd love to, um, I'd love to help promote it. And uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Thank you awesome. so much. Thank Absolutely. you for joining us, man. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Take care. <laughs> All right. Stay safe. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Bye. All right. Thank you so much, Vincent, for joining us. That was an awesome interview. Yes, it was. Yeah, that, gave us so that was much, pretty cool. Yeah. The, the little tour we had and just talking about comic book history. I mean, that's stuff that's so interesting to me. I know you guys kind of feel the same way too. Like him, just like when we had Alan on our show, um, who we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, it's just so cool to hear like these old stories because a lot of us, you know, I mean, JJ, I know you've been in comics for a little bit longer than us, but you know, we weren't in that world back in like the early, you know, eighties and nineties. And it's really, you know, in the seventies to hear stories about it. It's really cool to me at least. And actually having him walk around. So, you know, we didn't, we didn't even announce this beforehand, but so this is our first episode that we're actually going to be broadcasting live we're showing this we're recording the audio audio and video which is going to be posted uh on youtube to so not only can you listen to our podcast but you're able to watch it now and you'll be able to see those behind the scenes uh what uh Vinny was showing us um you know throughout his office which was you'll incredible you'll be seeing us right now yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this is gonna be an ongoing like. thing yeah, who cares about that? But we're going to be doing this ongoing now, I think. Just recording these uh, uh, for, you know, the, the video side of it to see behind the scenes, I guess. Yeah, we hope you guys enjoy that. So, so if, you're, if, you're listening, uh, if you're listening audio only, be sure to go on YouTube. Check it out. There's a little, like, 10 minutes in the beginning where he's showing us some awesome stuff. Um, books in the back. Original art on the wall in his office. It's really cool. It's amazing. Amazing. A hundred percent. But we have something cool that we're going to talk about right now, don't we? No, oh, we do. <laughs> we do? Yeah. Well, it's not cool. What is that? It's kind of a recap of what we just did. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Long Island Comic Guys kind of helped um, host the stream for the Remedy Tour 9. Is that what it was? 9? Nine? 9th stop, yeah. For our for our buddy um, oh. Kyle's Comics uh, at Kyle's Comics 01. If you're not following him, you should. He's got a bunch of awesome comics. Not as many as he did before, but he yeah. still has a lot of pretty awesome <laughs> comics. But uh, we kind of helped him out, and we you know helped stream um, the Remedy Tour from you know our our account at Li Comic Guys. And man, was that an experience! That was um, not at all what i expected it would be yeah, it was it was funny because we were on the different side normally we're on the watching and buying side this time we're on the oh man we're part of this side and and also think, a little um, buying yeah oh, well, I, I i did i didn't ex i didn't know what to expect and you know and i'm so glad that i came because i wasn't going to come at first because you know just with everybody's home and you know with this whole virus thing going on and i, I just i wasn't i wasn't sure if i was going to go and thank god i went i'm like i'm so happy that i went because that was a lot of fun. It was a long night, but it yeah. was a blast. I feel like it went quick considering we were there for eight hours doing it because it was yeah. nonstop, you know? Yeah. We were just always it, doing something. 
I mean, from the moment yeah. we went live at what was it, six p.m. our time? Yep. I mean, we were nonstop mm-hmm. till two a.m. And even at the end, the end was like the biggest crunch. Like those last hour to two hours was like another buying frenzy. Mm-hmm. No, that last half hour was insane. <laughs> the last twenty minutes was insane. Like just it was like a Sunday afternoon on New York Comic Con with all the offers, 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 offers. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was crazy. I was telling someone, like, I think I was telling my wife um, afterwards, I was like, I don't think there was more than a five minute period where somebody wasn't buying a book. I mean, do you guys agree? Do you think it was more than that? I think that was like the longest span. I was like, I told her, I was like, there was maybe five minutes and I'm talking five solid minutes. And that seemed like an eternity where, you know, no one was buying a book. But other than that, it was nonstop, you know, running from, you know, the room where all the books were to the room where we were organizing everything. You know, Alan was there as a runner. It, my, yeah. my best, my favorite part of all that was just Alan's reaction to all this. Because Alan's so. a very old school guy. You know, he's he's the one who I think taught at least most of us how to grade and what to look out for. And, you know, we've all gotten mm-hmm. our gold stars from what we've learned from him uh, recently. But, you know, he's not on social media. He doesn't follow this stuff. He's an old school comic convention only, you know, buying through people he knows. And his jaw literally had to be picked yeah. up off the floor. So like, leading up to this, he, yeah. te- he texted me and he was like, so I hear Kyle's doing a QVC on a Saturday. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you're joining? He's like, I don't know. Who the hell's going to buy something on Instagram? And I'm like, yeah. come, trust me. And even when he was like, before when he got there, he was like, I don't know about this. I'll stay till like eight o'clock maybe. Yeah. And within the first hour when all those amazing Spider-Man sold, he was like, are you kidding me? You know? Because like we both, we both have helped Kyle at shows over the last year. And those are books that have been, you know, sitting at the shows for the last year, like Mm -hmm. 10 to 12 shows. And for them all to move instantly on this sale is crazy. It was crazy. Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, you know, Kyle's been doing, the, I would imagine, he's been doing the same shows over and over again every year. So, you know, he's got his, his circuit that he does. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he knows what's same, what and the what same to people. And you get the same people at these shows. The same, the same people. And, and we're those same people. So bringing this to, an, you know, an Instagram world where you're now showing people on the West Coast, you know, these people are eating this stuff up. And it's, it's amazing that how quickly all this went. It's nuts. And I was shocked. I, I, I never thought in a million years, you know, when you're a spectator bidding on these things, watching it and watching everybody buy this stuff, and then going behind the scenes and going, what just happened? It, it was amazing. I, even watching all of them, like, I kind of knew what, to, I, I thought I knew what to expect, you know, being on the other side of it, but it totally, you know, it was exhausting. And <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, very, I'm very proud of myself because I only, all said and done, messed up one Instagram handle out of the hundred and something that really, yes, there's only one that he could not find. Oh, <laughs> and it was man. only a $20 book. So it's not a big deal. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. All right. Yeah. And that's someone that didn't message him either. Yeah. Um, yeah. But even what you were saying, JJ, I mean, I agree a hundred percent. Not only was it the West coast, but you know, it's the entire country. I mean, I think there was even Everybody. some, you know, buyers from, from overseas, right. Because he was accepting international offers as well. I mean, some of these people just can't see these books, you know. Some people might be in places where there aren't conventions like that. So, you know, to finally come across this book outside of eBay and these other places where, you know, not only does the seller get hit with all these fees, but the buyers do too. You know, now buyers, 
you know, places have to pay, you know, these premiums or these, you know, sales tax that's associated with it, you know, and then you're, and then you have to pay shipping. I mean, you know, there's shipping here as well, but like when you add that all together, you're paying like another $50 or more, you know, additional to what you're paying for the actual book sometimes. So especially if it's a big book, you know, like if yeah. you're buying a two, two, $3,000 book to pay sales tax on that 100%. plus a buyer's premium plus shipping. Yeah. It's freaking ridiculous. It's yeah. like 10% more. It, it's, <laughs> 100%. Yeah. It just, it was, it was amazing. And you know, it, what, what struck me kind of strange is, you know, we're used to going to shows, you know, Hey, can I see that book? Grabbing it, looking at it. If it's not encapsulated, you know, taking it out of the bag, making doing a page count if that's what some people do, yeah. you know, just kind of getting a little overlooking it. But here you got people just buying these books on a whim and yeah. you really got to put a lot of faith into the seller. Like I know as a seller, you got to make sure that you're on the money with like your grades and stuff, you know? And that's another reason why, you know, Alan was there because Alan's, you know, been doing this before, you know, there was even a great grading companies, you know, he's going by like the old school, you know, um, the pricing guides and, you know, the strict, which I rules set aside. Just like, listen, it's like, you'd rather someone be happier with a slightly higher grade than be off by like two points. And you know, that's hundred percent. I mean, as a seller too, you have to back your word. Like if somebody gets a book and it's like a two Oh, when you said it was a six Oh and they're like, Hey, you know, I want my money back. You just have to honor that. It's like, you're not trying to get one over on them. You know, you just, you just miss something. Sometimes you don't even know. Mm-hmm. I mean, but that's a gamble yeah. you're taking at a show too. Like there might be, if you don't count the pages, I mean, you could buy a book that looks beautiful, but it's missing page 16, which yeah. is like an ad page that you didn't even know about. Or you open it up and there's like all this dirt inside. That's happened to me before with all yeah. the books. It's just, you know, there's, there's always a gamble. I think as long as I, I feel like almost on the Instagram side, you have a little bit more customer service because sometimes you might not even remember exactly who you bought it from at a convention. It's like, Oh, like I bought like 10 books. Like I don't remember which book I got from which guy. And sometimes, you know, that can be like, that. I mean, not so much for us, but it can happen. Yeah. And also on Instagram, yeah. I don't see this too much, but I imagine it's, if someone tries to get one over on somebody like that person's done, you know, 100%. word spreads so quickly, especially through this little Quick. community yeah. that everybody's formed. And, and again, you know, we spoke about this earlier in the episode with Steve from minor keys. Um, you know, the Instagram community has really come together. I mean, Ali has been like almost like a watchdog for like these, like, you know, defunct, um, you know, accounts who are just trying to like scammers. He yeah. actually uh, he has no problem blowing just blowing up. Oh no, and either, it's funny. Which I he, love. <laughs> um, he reached out to me the other day directly. He's like, "Hey, do you know this guy?" I was like, "No." He's like, "Yeah, you never bought anything from him before." Right? I was like, "No." He's like, "Good." He's like, "He's a scammer." He goes, "I'm not going to blow him up, but I'm just going to block his account this time." He's like, "Everyone's egging me on to blow him up, but I'm trying to be a little bit better." <laughs> I was like, "I was like, hey, if I was, if you would ask my opinion, I'd say to blow him up." But, um, yeah, it's uh, like those people definitely hurt the community, but there's. I mean, in my opinion, there's a lot more good people out there and than there are like the bad people. And, you know, you have to cultivate these relationships too. You have to be careful. You know, you can't just, I mean, not only are they trusting Kyle because, you know, Elite's saying that, but, you know, we're jumping on there too. You know, people are starting to know who we are. It's like, hey, you know, this is our friend. You can trust what he's saying is true because we trust what he's saying is true. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like kind of putting yourself on the line for other people as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so... Crazy let's talk about like more about how, how it happened. Like, so the thing that I noticed about this was especially the way we were doing it. And I think we, we got actually complimented a lot about our organization and our speed, which I think we, we, we got take told pride to slow in. down a couple times. 
Yeah, but I think <laughs> I feel like there hasn't been a lot of those. Mm-hmm. I think there was definitely a lot more people, and especially you and I, included Toy Story, who've been complaining about they just don't move along. Mm-hmm. We definitely were going very fast. And especially, I feel like the first, when we start the hour every time, that's when we really go fast again. Because like, all right, let's go ahead. And we would jump right into it. But I think we had a good organization. We moved along well. Um, even though the coding system kind of broke down. It um, always does, I feel like. Yeah. You know, we had the, you know, this is the book. This is the grade. This is the price. And it just kept things moving. Mm-hmm. That's what Ali's there for too. Um, you know, yeah. like on the fly where he's like, all right, if you want that, just write 25, you know, yeah. that's what he's and, there for. That and, like and that's ML. good too, because I, I remember when you, we were talking to um, Steve at Minor Keys, JJ, you were saying how, you know, you were trying to watch the video and like record it at the same time. I was doing that in the beginning too, but at one point I just switched to like, I'm just watching the book. I'm focusing on showing the book the best I can yeah. and let just... Uh, I'm going to be the one who's going to police and, and work on those because I knew Matt was in the other room also watching the feed. Um, he was monitoring, you know, who won. And as soon as Ali announced it, he would, you know, he'd have a tag ready. We marked that book and put it in their pile or start a new pile for that person. And a little thing for, for everybody who, cause there's plenty of people who complain about this like live on the sales mm-hmm. about them not seeing their claims or whatever. Yeah. I was seeing claims that Ali wasn't seeing and Ali was seeing claims that I wasn't seeing. And I had my laptop set up right there. 100%. So it's, that's totally a thing where the comments are filtered out randomly. And, and he told us and that, that, and, yeah, go ahead. And that, and that was the problem I had when I first took, you know, the camera over and I was seeing people going, you know, claim, you know, Spider-Man, but he wasn't 13. saying anything. Yeah. And he went, and I'm like, but, but wait, wait. And I, it, it in the beginning, it was tough, but then it got easier because, you know, you, you do got to tune it out and let him deal with it. And I was, yeah. you know, I, I was getting better to, in, towards the end of that. But it's it's very, I don't know, psychological that you're like, no, wait, no, get that guy. to It's his, yeah. it, you know, because I've been on that receiving end where, you know, I was throwing claims out there and you get so frustrated and mm. annoyed and pissed off and be like, you know, F you, I'm not doing this again. Yeah. Hopefully Instagram gets you know, their act together it, it, a little bit with that. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's he talked to us about some improvements and confirmations that yeah. you know he's made with them. You know, they they um they definitely filter out if people keep sending the same message over and over. Um, there's things that I think if you send like offensive stuff, that stuff gets filtered out too. So, I mean, I I'm I don't know if there's a rhyme or reason to exactly how it works, but you know, it's just something that you have to be conscious of, I guess. So, I mean, so let's talk about. Um, so the things that people see, people see the claims, you know, they see how that happens. Let's talk a little bit about like kind of the running side. So for those of you who don't know, we had five mm-hmm. people. So us three, JJ, um, Matt, and myself, and then we had Kyle, who's who was kind of in front of the camera the whole time. And then we had our friend, Alan, who's like the head grader and, you know, he was helping organize too. So we would take books as soon as they were marked and, you know, we heard the bell and we heard who won, you know, you had some like organizational thing going on in the room. You want to tell people like what you were doing? Like, oh my once God. You got so I was in his dining room and I had the whole table set up <laughs> and my post-its ready and my computer right there. So every time I heard the bell, I'd like, I first, I'd, I'd try and see if I could see the claim on my screen. If I couldn't, I had to listen to him and listen yeah. to him spell out the, you know, the name and he's fast. Yeah. So I had to write quick on a post-it who got it, how much, and then stick it and then organize it. It was fine at first, but, but halfway through, you know, people get a lot of stuff. The piles start stacking up and you have to add to their piles. And <laughs> so I was overlapping books on each other and then sliding, you know, you have to slide yeah. them in if someone got them. So it 
towards like I think one thirty, it was to a point where I was just like, I'm not filing this. Just stack it here, stack it here. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, for yeah. the most part, it was good though. It was it was definitely getting tough because like I would come in and was like, all right, like you go in the room and I'll help this. I'm like I'm looking at it. I was like, wait, what goes where? Like yeah. that point is just and like you can't keep anything alphabetical uh, either. No, it's just not possible. It's, no. it's there's not enough time. Yeah. My original I idea was to I do it in to... like short boxes, but then you have to reorganize the short boxes when they fill up. You know? Exactly. I didn't want to. I didn't want to touch that when I came in and saw the table. I'm like, Matt, you, you went right you, past there and into the living room. Doing this. <laughs> I'm not doing this because that would have been all jacked up. JJ was like, "Yeah, I'll take the camera at any point. If you need me to do the camera, I'll do the camera." <laughs> I mean, it was it was crazy. I was exhausted. I mean, like, luckily, I mean, the great thing yeah. about having five people where we were each able to take like five minute breaks here and there. Like I must've drank like mm. 10 to 12 bottles of water. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a hot day I, Saturday too. Yeah. I mean, I was going like back and forth, like my body was physically in pain. Yeah. It, was it was like a combination yeah. of like stress and adrenaline and excitement. It's like being on the receiving end of that, like, you know, claim sale is just it's an undescribable feeling unless you've done it. Like it's the energy is just amazing. I mean, I've said it, you know, I said yeah. it earlier in the episode, but it's just, it's crazy. Like to think, and you know, he did really well. We're really happy for him. You know, we really do appreciate, you know, the people in the community showing up, you know, yeah. not just, you know, Ali's friends, but our friends too. You know, we definitely uh, recognized, you know, a couple of uh, friendly names. So I can't say faces because yeah. we don't know all their faces, but we definitely know that, you know, their handles yeah. and stuff like that. But um, it was it was awesome. Yeah, and if you guys like what he had, I think he might be planning on a part two. So keep an eye out for that. Absolutely, yeah, I think he said he was going to do more. He's going to do more from his account too. So make sure you're following uh, at Kyle's uh, at Kyle's Comics or one, right? Yes, zero one. Yeah, zero yeah. one. Yeah, sorry. And, yeah, awesome and I, people should and people should keep in mind too, like you know, even if something's not being bought, I mean, make an offer if you want something. Like, make an offer. Worst you could say is I, no. I was sh- I, I was shocked that there weren't enough offers. Like books were being passed up and nobody would like made an offer. Yeah. Maybe I they didn't want them, yeah. but it was, it was just, it was very, it was very strange. Even books that were people were focused on, you know, and they passed up, like yeah. make an offer. Like if he was asking 50 bucks for it, maybe ask 40 bucks for it. You know, it, I'll make an offer. I think there was definitely a decent amount. Of people. I mean, I know I do this, you know, I see a book, I do a little research because, you know, it, it's hard to have information on everything. It's like, you know, I mean, it's hard on those Toy sales Story, too, though. Cause if you want a book, you can't research sometimes because the book goes like that. Can. Well then that's, I mean, kind of listen, in my opinion, like these books so, go so hot and there's a desperation to buy them. I mean, even when we were talking about this with minor keys, I was like, if you know what you want, I mean, you kind of see previews and stuff like that. I try to do my research ahead of time. You know, I see what like fair prices yeah. are. That's why it helps when they post promo pictures. Some of the issues is people get so caught up in the hype and it's happened to me a hundred percent is that you just like, I have to buy it right now. And it's just like, you know, you don't even look to see what it's worth. It's like, I think, you know, this is something that you still have to be smart with doing. Yeah. Like you want the book, you don't want it to get away. I mean, some things are so rare that you're not going to be able to do that. Yeah. Like or cheap enough is. where you don't really care if you spend $10. Exactly. Extra. Like that's the thing too. Like, you know, like, like if I see a nice books. book that I like and it's 35 bucks, I'm not going to go look it up. I'm just going to buy it. hundred percent. But if it's a $500 book, yeah. completely different. Yeah. You have to be, you know, you know, spend wisely, know what you're buying wisely. I mean, that's all stuff that I think we'll do a whole episode on stuff like that. I think that's, we actually have planned to do stuff like that. Kind of a comic book buying and selling one-on-one 
Um, not to say we're the yeah. experts, but you know, I think we have a lot of information that you know it might be useful. Altogether, we are one expert. <laughs> <laughs> if we bring, yeah. if we bring, if we bring, um, sorry, if we bring Alan on, we're definitely the expert. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he's going to be another, then, a I guest mean, again soon, but to you guys. And, and keep in mind, through this whole thing, you know, that wasn't even a scrape of his stuff, like. Mm-hmm. He that has was a just lot of stuff. a very, very tiny, tiny yeah, bit of his collection. There's definitely felt. more stuff. To so if, if you guys are in like the New York area, I don't know if he'll ever do a show again after this. Because, <laughs> but if he does, he's at all the local shows. He has an awesome setup every time. So keep an eye out. Follow him on Instagram. He'll, you know, he'll, he, he yeah, posts all the time so about what he's doing. I think out of the stuff he put up, though, what would you say like the percentage that went? Out of... The stuff that he went up on the wall, I'd say half. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking too. I yeah. think he sold about Which I think is pretty good. Because <laughs> you have to remember, we were we were replacing too. Yes, exactly. Like, so even though if it didn't seem empty at the time, we put more stuff up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm surprised, and there's incredible. some there's some there's some surprises that I thought would sell and they didn't. Yeah, you, know, you know, I know he had a Hulk 181. You know that I was shocked that didn't get a little more buzzfeed on it um, like you said though not even the, an offer yeah not even an offer and what I was think, the one next yeah. to it the one was the uh the Spidey. first punisher or the yeah. punisher Spidey. he had two of them the like lower not, grade one sold the higher yeah, grade one did didn't not even a blip you know there was a there was quite a few books that i was a little shocked that didn't get any interest at all mm-hmm. i i think the issue and i, and I know from my end personally mm-hmm. i think the issue was because that 181 is faded it has like sun fading mm-hmm. that people like it. <laughs> I think the problem is it's a six O price, but I don't know, you know, with, with the fading, I think turns people away. So he probably has it yeah. priced accordingly, you know, taking into the factor of the sun fading, but it's like, it would totally, you know, yeah. Uh, turn me off from it too. Yeah. So. I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't buy it. <laughs> I it. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it. But um, right. yeah, the, the one, the 129, I am surprised, was still there. Mm. What was that, an 8.5? Yeah, it was a nice book. Good stuff. And, of course, we did buy, of course, we did buy some stuff from there. Yeah, <laughs> yes, we yes, we did. We wound up with some stuff as well. Um, so at this point of the episode, you would have also seen um, our claim sale with Best Comics. So we're recording this a little bit before that. So we don't have the information on it yet. But uh, we will definitely be talking about that in the next episode. And we hope uh, we thank everyone who contributed to that one as well, even though it didn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure, sure there'll be some of you. Yeah. All right. Well, we have um, a lot more stuff coming up and we're excited about. Like we said, we have um, we have Alan uh, who's going to be joining us in the near future. We have um, some topics that we want to talk about that we're really excited to share with you guys. So make sure you're following us on Instagram and um Facebook and all the social media platforms that we post to. And apparently we have comic guys. Sorry. And apparently we have no restraint with our wallets and we're constantly buying stuff. So yeah, we're going to keep an eye out some, on our Instagram. Cause we're yeah, always posting stuff. That we yeah, we're going to, we're going to be putting some more stuff up for sale. I'm, I'm I've got some time this week. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, first YouTube episode as well. You can see our faces. I don't yeah, know if you yeah. want to, some of you might be going back to listening only. I wouldn't blame you. I mean, I'm going to plan on having different comics <laughs> over here every episode. Yeah, there you so go. We'll so, that, so that's an incentive. See what see what Toy Story has on this on the uh, <laughs> on the shelf. 
It's an elf. It's a, it's a toy story on the shelf. A Woody on the shelf. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> you, right, you, uh, so uh, yeah, real quick, do you, TC, do you want to talk about real quick, just uh, your new show thing you're doing? The, the, uh, sure. The- yeah. So this is also, I think we've done two of these so far. It's not just mine. It's open to all the members of well, our thing. I think, um, so, you started. so Matt, will be joining me tomorrow, right? He's going to be mm-hmm. helping me uh, do some comic book stuff. So he's going to be joining me from my room. And um, we're going, we, uh, we just interviewed uh, Bill at Bucky's Comics. And I'm sure, not an interview, but we, we sat down and chatted with him. And so we're calling it Geeking Out, just kind of like, you know, just being a little bit social, kind of like kicking back. I know a lot of people are looking for, like something to do during quarantine. If you want to, you know, if you need more interaction with us, because, you know, you don't get enough, then, you know, we're here for you. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're excited about that. We have, um, we have a bunch of people in mind, a lot of people in the um, IG community who are big into comics and collecting and other stuff too. And, um, you know, we'll see where it goes. I'm, I'm just enjoying, you know, I'll be honest, if one person watched or no people watched, I still enjoy doing them. You know, we're going to record them um as well and you know save them and edit them a little bit and put them on igtv so she should be able to watch all of them the first one i did with uh mike from cape justice jewelry that went two hours was definitely not expecting that (laughs) you know we've got almost close to 300 viewers on the first part of that and like over 100 on the second part so you know i want to thank everyone who's who tuned in and you know if you guys have suggestions please you know reach out to us and let us know or if you want to talk to us let us know like you know we have a kind of a, a schedule that we're keeping to right now of people so far, but you know, down the line, you never know. But well said. Cool. Thank you. I, I get, I get <laughs> into zones. Cool. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie old school uh, toy story, no, but there's a, there's a debate part at the end where Will Ferrell debates. Um, I, I forget the guy's name, but he's a famous political um, debater. And uh, He's like, you won, you won. He goes, what happened? I blacked out. And he's like, that's, that's, what, that's basically what I do when I go on those rants. I black out. I'm not even really in my body. <laughs> but yeah, like we said, um, a lot of exciting stuff coming up. We're kind of like pumping out the content here, guys. And we're trying to get involved in the community in every way we can. So, yep. um, you know, reach good out stuff, to us stuff. on Instagram or, you know, at uh, what was our, our email requests at licomicguys.com. That's our... Um, that's it that's our email address yep and uh i guess from there we'll say and remember until and what until (laughs) next time remember i've been i've been fumbling that until next time remember don't be the geeks